electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber, along with Jim Cramer, and we are live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has the morning off. And Joe Buck (laughs) is not on the show. Joe Buck is not here. We don't even have, uh, yeah, we don't even have Johnny to do the, uh, the introductions. But uh, we got a lot for you this morning, of course. Take a look at futures as you can see how we're setting up for the open a half hour from now. By the way, AMC, it's one of the biggest pre-market gainers. There's lots to talk about with Chairman and CEO Adam Aaron. Yeah, he is going to be joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, Jim, looking forward to that interview, which he had promised to both of us, and he is right. making good you on know, that I, I reached out to him uh, when I realized, of course, the company's reporting, and we're going to go into this, but there's a considerable cohort of people uh, who have embraced the stock market, and that is evident from his conference call, and it's undeniable and not necessarily uh, something we should sneer at. No. Because we want no. new investors, but I think that Jim Chanos in the previous show raised some very good points about how expensive the stock is. Uh, obviously, I the beholder. Yeah, well, we'll be talking uh, a great deal about all those different things. Uh, before we do that, Jim, sort of what has caught your eye more broadly speaking in terms of where we stand right now in the markets, uh, in the bond market? I don't know. Take it wherever you want in terms of what you think are the well, keys. I mean, I know, David, it's, it, it, it's, it's more in your bailiwick. But once again, you think that something's worth X and a very smart company, Canadian Pacific, comes along. So it's not it's worth more. I find well, it's worth that, more to them, but it's still worth more to CN. Yes, but I'm saying that, that they're, I mean, I'm watching like you are, and I'm saying yeah. I, I keep seeing those. And let me tell you what else is really rampant. We're going to, by the way, I'm going to go into detail on no, what's a mean, very just complex that, back and right. forth here. Jim is referring to the raised offer from Canadian Pacific to buy uh, Kansas City Southern, going against, obviously, what is still a higher offer from Canadian National. But it gets complicated. We're going to break gonna, all but, that down a little bit but, for you. Uh, oil was down very badly. Okay. And right. it meant nothing to the market. You were, surprised, were you surprised by that? Yes, because as when oil was going up, we thought that was great for the economy doing better. Oil goes down and nobody... Nobody focuses on it. And you know what people are focusing on, David? What? All these little companies that are EV that are starting to get some orders. And I know, David, I think that we're, you and I are skeptical of a, a Fisker. But you know, Morgan City comes out and says, look, bull case 90. About a Lightning E-Motors. This is uh, a little company that suddenly has a deal with Berkshire Hathaway for 7,500 zero-emission trucks. I mean, uh, there are things going on, David, on, of these stocks that you and I have said, well, I mean, maybe one day something could happen, maybe something not infrastructure. You think the infrastructure, infrastructure bill, even though it really doesn't have the climate component, obviously, that many on the left would have had hoped for. But um, we're hearing from many people uh, that there's money for everything. Lightning E-Motors, which is simple Zev. I mean, maybe city transit buses that are based on different on electric. David, 
Well, everything electric is flying, and each analyst is trying to justify. But overall, what it is is that people feel the infrastructure bill is the beginning of us catching up to the rest of the world. Will you look at that? Yeah, well, I mean, Fisker is by far the best outperformer of those names, but we can see that uh, any number of them are up this morning. Jim, listen, you're, they're throwing a lot of money to sector. A lot of money's moved into it, but as you and I have said many times, there are going to be winners and losers. We are still talking about sometimes unproven technology, and we're talking about um, discounted cash flow models that talk about way out years when you're actually going to be producing significant amounts of cash flow if everything goes right. But then again, you have something like plug power. Andy Marshall yesterday. Stock goes from 25 to 29 because of what he said. And that's because hydrogen's in the bill. And Europe is ahead of us in hydrogen. Asia's ahead of us. You almost have to look at like Joe Biden saying, you know what? Let's stop being second rate. Let's get to the Paris Accords. What do we need? And you need green hydrogen to get to the Paris Accords. He's thinking about the Paris Accords. Now, that's well, something that went the way, out they're, of... They're meeting in Glasgow really soon to, to come up with new ones, right, new targets, which right, conceivably, I, according to the U.N. report from yesterday, you're going to potentially need if you're really going to stave off the the one and a half degree Celsius rise. For four years, it meant Celsius. Yeah. A new president comes in, and we have to start realizing that this president is about taking leadership when it comes to emissions. And we have to start focusing on the companies. Uh, you know, plug power, David, is mm-hmm. just, it needs fortunes, you could say, right? But it could get fortunes. That's the big difference, is what's happening is suddenly there's a land grab for money from the federal government. We just haven't seen that in a long time. Well, there's also been a lot of money available in the capital markets, even without the federal government. There's been a willingness on the part of investors to fund a lot of business models that require a lot of money before they conceive, may get to profitability, Jim. Well, that brings us to Adam Aaron. Yes, it does. And the ability to fund things on the backs of shareholders. Right. Hundreds of thousands of them. And I am uh, proud to bring in... Adam Aaron, AMC's chairman and CEO, who joins us first and I think maybe only on CBC. Adam, it's always great to have you back. How you been? Good morning, uh, Jim. Good morning, David. Uh, I'm great. As you know, uh, we just reported a fabulous quarter, way ahead of market expectations. Uh, we would really like to think after this very long 16 months of COVID that we can see recovery in sight ahead. Well, let's go over that. Uh, right now, in the conference call, you talk about the idea that you've laddered the debt, which is very good, meaning that there's no uh, big payment to do right now. Obviously, you've lowered the cash burn. It's much better. But then, in the call, you say, look, I'd like to raise capital. Uh, others do, too. Uh, but you've obviously taken both informal polls because you're on Twitter and spoken to a lot of shareholders. And you're saying, you know what? Let's not do that. But the previous guest, James Chanos, comes on and says, Cinemark is so much cheaper. And then also IMAX is so much cheaper. Why don't you just say, you know what, let's do convertible bonds. Let's do something that raises capital, given the fact that the stock's still very high. Well, let's start and remind everyone how much capital we've raised in the last year and a half Uh, since April of 2020. AMC has brought in between five and six billion dollars of capital, either from raising equity, raising debt, or getting concessions from lenders and other uh, entities close to the companies like like our landlords. Uh, And we ended the first quarter 
of 2021 uh, with a billion dollars of liquidity. Uh, uh, that's cash and undrawn revolver. Uh, that compares to a company that was running out of cash during the height of the pandemic last winter. That's where we were in March of 2021. That billion dollar quarter ending liquidity figure was the single highest quarter ending liquidity figure that AMC's ever had in its more than 100 year history. Well, that record we set March 31. On June 30, thanks to having raised another billion and a quarter of equity in May and June, we ended with another record liquidity position at the end of the second quarter, June 30, of $2 billion. That actually was $2 billion 23 or $2 billion 24, uh, but it was more than $2 billion. We beat the 100-year record for AMC by a full billion dollars. It was okay. double where we were in March. So, yes, um, uh, sure, I'd like always to amass the largest war chest I can get so that we can do things with it. Uh, but we do have the largest war chest that AMC has ever had. As for your question specifically about convertible bonds, uh, we sold over 400 million shares uh, between uh, April of, actually, um, between September of 2020 and June of 2021. We actually don't have any shares left. So a convert is not an option uh, until such time as the shareholders authorize more shares. Right, but you did say you need to play offense. And then you went over multiple ideas in the conference call that need more capital that you said would be very successful. So I was confused because obviously playing offense could mean raising more capital. Or are you going to use your a stock that many feel is inflated to start buying more than you already have? And you've made some great acquisitions. Well, look, um, we have two billion dollars of liquidity. Uh, that gives us plenty of capital to go on offense with. And for example, we said yesterday that we're adding uh, somewhere between five and 10 very important theaters in the United States. We already announced specifically two in Los Angeles, which were the second and fifth highest grossing theaters in Los Angeles a few years back. These came to us from Arclight Pacific theaters who uh, did not resume operations as a result of COVID. Uh, and okay. we said we think we'll wind up with uh, between five and ten theaters just a, a few weeks from now. That's an example of playing offense. Another example of playing offense, uh, uh, we're going to get quite involved in the world of cryptocurrency. Uh, we announced yesterday that we're going to be accepting Bitcoin as payment online for online purchases for AMC admissions and concessions. Uh, there's much more that we can do with cryptocurrency uh, because we got a big population, an avid population of customers, of transactions, of consumers. That's an example of playing offense. There are a whole lot more ideas. We, we said we were going to go uh, look at alternative programming. We just had our first uh, two UFC fights that we showed at AMC theaters. Attendance was very strong. This month in August, we're showing our first two concert movies in ages uh, with the artist Chance the Rapper and Halsey. So there are things that we can do. $2 billion is a nice cash hoard, the biggest we've ever had to play with. And okay. as I said, we're the largest theater operator in the world. We're playing an offense. It is right, true so that COVID put us on our heels for a year, but that's behind us now. Okay. Now, you mentioned, uh, obviously, the Apes, which is this cohort of uh, investors that is very excited about AMC stock. 
Uh, and you also mentioned something they want very much, the partnering with GameStop on a number of possible fronts. Now, uh, how are those talks going? Have you sat down or Zoomed with Ryan Cohen, who is the seer of GameStop, to get something going? Well, I think the irony here is I actually didn't say anything about the apes. You said something about apes. Uh, I look at these um, millions of individual investors as uh, uh, who really uh, uh, came on the scene just in the last six months. They're the owners of my company. Uh, 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 they don't work for me. I work for them. They're my bosses. Uh, and just like all professional management teams respond to the shareholders of their companies, uh, we're certainly interested in the suggestions that are flowing to us from the owners of our company. One of the many. So you talked to Ryan Cohen been... then. You've talked to Ryan no, Cohen. No. Why not? I said yes, Isn't he I in neighbors? When I said yesterday on our earnings call, when for the first time ever we took uh, questions, rather uh, uh, the most of the questions on our earnings call came from our individual shareholder owners rather than uh, professional securities analysts, was that we've gotten a lot of good ideas flowing into the company from our company's owners. One of them was that we should partner with GameStop. I was asked if, if I was willing to do that. I said sounded like an interesting idea to me and that I would reach out to GameStop. However, I also said yesterday that there have been no communications between GameStop and AMC as right. of yesterday afternoon. Adam, it's David. Yeah, I brought that up as a kind of jokingly a couple of months ago right here. Um, funny how it's become something that perhaps could actually become a reality. I want to talk, though, more about reality itself. Adam, you've done a lot of things to navigate this company, to navigate it to, uh, to uh, calmer waters, and you need to be applauded for that. But, you know, today you're uh, with this move up. The stock's going to be worth about $19 billion. You don't believe it's in your interest to tell your shareholders that, you know, you're still an exhibitor of, of, of product, right, of movies typically, perhaps of other sporting events. Is there any path you could justify for having that kind of value given the financials on a fundamental basis, as we at least try to weigh them, uh, that you're going to be able to produce even under the best of scenarios? So guess what? I think all of us have been watching the financial markets for a very long time. Uh, and we can't always explain uh, how the financial markets act. Uh, a market is a market. There are willing buyers. There are willing sellers. We made a very clear disclosure uh, a few months ago that our stock was trading away from historic fundamentals. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and we... We, we made no bones about that. But, you know, uh, you at CNBC, when I, I have great respect for all of you there, you focus yeah. on our share price every day. Uh, what I focus on is running the company. And what I focus right. on is the recovery of the company. Uh, ours was the company that was the strongest player in our industry on the planet in February of 2020. The COVID pandemic shut all of our theaters in uh, a thousand of them in 15 countries in the span of a week. Our revenues went from $450 million a month to $450,000 in a month. Uh, our yeah. uh, earnings went from reliably positive to non-existent. And as you say, we had to pull a lot of rabbits out of the hat. And you, and you did it, Adam. You did it. And yeah, and you've and you've detailed a lot of that in the in the last ten minutes in terms of what you were able to do, and it's 
it's worthy of praise. But I still wonder. Um, I mean, I'm looking at a loop capital markets. You know, they have a dollar price target. Uh, Credit Suisse, a dollar fifty-five. You know, even despite a two point one billion equity raise over the last year, we remain concerned about your leverage, the shrinking of the exclusive theatrical window, the number of screens relative to the long term attendance trends. Um, you know, nobody's worried you're going out of business, of course, and you, you, you've delayed all your debt repayments and things of that nature. But again, Adam, to understand the long term fundamental strength of this franchise, I just it's being treated as though it's the greatest growth company of all time. And, and it's not. <laughs> Well, look, I, uh, the same people who are uh, putting us down now were writing with equal certainty uh, 10 months ago that we were going out of business then. They've been wrong. Uh, and who knows what will happen? There's only one thing I'm certain of. Tomorrow, our share price will go yeah. up. It will stay the same or it will go down. And as you just said, wait, as you just said, yeah. Uh, our focus is on building this company, taking it forward, improving yep. its performance. That's exactly what we've done. Uh, uh, some people think heroically over the past year. And the same team that has paid attention to driving this company through, improving its right. fortunes going forward, is the same team that's going to take it forward from, from now. How the share price reacts to all that, we're all going to yeah. find out. We're all going to find out together. I, I guess. But, you know, if I was in your position and I hit the lottery ticket of having the Reddit crowd kind of congregate around me and believe in my future and bid my stock up, man, I'd be selling a lot of stock, Adam. Um, I mean, you've become an incredibly wealthy man over the last year. How do you view that and your ability to potentially monetize some of that wealth? You talking about me personally? Yeah. Or your kids. Or your children. Because yeah. The, your two because children. The, because the company... Uh, did monetize uh, very much so. They did. But what about uh, you? The, what about you? Hey, look, I've run this company for five and a half years. I haven't sold a single share yet. I believe in its. I believed in its past. I believe in its present. I believe in its future. Um, I did say on the earnings call yesterday that uh, I hit my 67th birthday in September. At some point in time this winter. I suspect I need to diversify my assets a little bit, and I intend to file a 10B51 plan. But my focus isn't on my personal net worth. My focus is on restoring AMC to health and prosperity. Uh, this is a hundred one right. year old company. I want its next no, century. It. You know what? To be Real quickly on that on that basic idea, though. Uh, just let's get back to the fundamentals themselves. The theatrical window. I know you signed this new right. deal with Warner. Uh, seems to be fairly important, but there are those who believe things have changed forever as a result of the pandemic, as a result of the growth of direct-to-consumer, and that movie theaters are going to become a, a less and less important way uh, for the producers of that product to actually showcase what they have, and therefore you're not going to benefit as much as in the past. Well, you're right. We signed a very important agreement with Warner Brothers. Uh, they experimented starting in December with going to the home uh, simultaneously with theatrical release. And it was a six-month experiment, uh, and they've already abandoned that experiment uh, because uh, 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 when I talk to studio executives across Hollywood, uh, they tell me that the proven way to build billion-dollar movie franchises is to take it to theaters first. 
but but and, Adam, and I paid thirty dollars for Black Widow very willingly. It was dynamite. I watched it at home. I didn't have to pay the cost of that popcorn that you cost a fortune for. I didn't have to buy the Diet Coke because it was right there in my kitchen. And, and you know what? It was like one unbelievable opportunity. I had a big screen. Adam, I wish you had been with me. We would have had a dynamite time. Guess what, Jim? If we'd gone to an AMC theater, we would have even had more of a dynamite time. And I'm going to tell you why. One of the major studios who took a film uh, to, to the home early did a survey. And they found that people who watched that movie at, in the theater liked that movie twice as much as the people who watched that same movie at home. Uh, there are no concerns about piracy when movies are coming to our theaters as there are concerns uh, when movies are, uh, are taken to the home. And as for this notion of people staying in the house, gee, I think if COVID's taught us anything at all, it's people want to get out of the house. Uh, 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 the, everybody has a kitchen, but people go to restaurants to eat. Not all the time, but they do. Uh, AMC and movie theaters We've been competing against television sets for 75 years. People watch a lot of TV at home, but they also go to movie theaters. And I think that's because it's an event. They want to go out. They want to get out of the house. They want to be with other people. At a horror movie, they want to scream at the same time. At a comedy, they want to laugh at the same time. At a rom-com, a romantic comedy, they want to cry at the same time. Uh, there's a magic about going to a well, but, uh, you know what? I don't want to get him. COVID at the same time as these people I, with this Delta. I know you guys have done unbelievable, but I do not. I would prefer to sit at home, okay, with less risk of Delta than go out and have a risk of Delta and have unvaccinated people. Why not do what Frank Del Rio does at Norwegian, now allowed by a federal court, and ask us if we've been vaccinated so I can feel safer going to the movies? Well, let's start a couple of places there because there's several important things in what you said. Number one, uh, no one is a bigger proponent of vaccination than AMC. Uh, I said uh, on this network six months ago, the most important man in the movie business was Albert Borla, the, the CEO of Pfizer. Because while I am quite optimistic about the future of AMC, the future of theatrical exhibition, despite all the concerns that uh, you properly raised, uh, 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 we would be nowhere without vaccination. But the big difference between our country dealing with the Delta variant and our country dealing with the COVID virus last winter is that 57% of the U.S. population has been vaccinated already. And I, I'm hopeful that the Delta variant will remind the unvaccinated how important it is that they get vaccinated. So that's the first thing. The second okay. thing is right. we spent a tremendous amount of effort working with Clorox and faculty from Harvard University's prestigious School of Public Health on our safe and clean protocols to make sure that we operate our theaters safely and cleanly. We were so far ahead of the rest, not just of the movie theater industry, but all of industry on air purification and upping <clears throat> the filtration in our HVAC systems because we knew uh, way back in May and June of last year that this virus was much more okay. a respiratory spread. But last but not right. least, I happen to be on the board of Norwegian Cruise Line, uh, which is an irony of given your question, right, Jim. Right. And I, I, my hat's off to Frank Del Rio and, and the NCL. And oh, that's why I know, because no you ran Norwegian. Norwegian. Pardon me? You ran Norwegian. That's why I thought you'd go for that one. I right? was you the ran CEO it. of Norwegian in 1990. I know. Well, that's why I thought it was a good question. 
I got it one more for you. Do you. Would you give What's me that? the idea? Would you give me this? So you're a showman. Hey, I've never been, never afraid of being called a showman. Isn't Bitcoin a bit of a showman? Is that like a great way? I mean, if I came to the movie theater, I mean, I have to do it ahead of time. And I used Ethereum. I mean, why? I mean, I got it. You, you want it? Well, we keep on hearing suggestions from our showers that we should start accepting cryptocurrency. Uh, and we found out that it was very easy for us to take cryptocurrency and take no balance sheet risk in the process because we'll be involving third-party processors in the effort who will take uh, uh, the currency risk. So if people want to pay us in Bitcoin, they can pay us in, in Bitcoin. Having said that, as we learned more and more about cryptocurrency, uh, cryptocurrency is quite an intriguing option for companies who have millions of consumers and hundreds of millions of transactions, and that's AMC. So, there, so there's something quite yeah. real here, and I also think it's yeah. really more active in cryptocurrency, maybe the one, of, one of the ways to earn our market valuation that David was talking about earlier. If I can just say one thing, and then we're going to wrap up. Adam, we uh, got to go. I understand seconds, why. So make it quick. I, I understand why uh, you raised all the concerns about the optical exhibition. I just want to remind you, movie theaters have been central to the cultural fabric of American life for a hundred years, and we're going to remain central to the cultural fabric of American life for the next hundred years. Well, let me do this. Congratulations. You've done a great job. And you know how I feel. Privately and publicly, I will say that. Because your company would not have survived without your incredibly smart work and cooperation of the shareholders who understand exactly what you're trying to do. Win for them. And I am congratulating you. Great job. Thank you so much. David. Thank you, Jim. Coming up, Canadian Pacific says its new takeover offer for Kansas City Southern is superior to a rival bid from CN. We're going to bring you the latest on this railroad bidding war. We have a lot more squawk on the street for you. We're coming right back. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. All right, time to get to uh, Jim's Mad Dash. We've got a minute and a half before we get started with trading here at the NYSE. What are you focused on? One of my favorite companies since uh, Kevin uh, Hurricane came in is Cisco, S-Y-Y. He's really turned it around. And he delivered just a fantastic quarter. Sales strongly expected. Share gains continue. This is the S-Y-S-C-O kind. And people are going to love this, David, because what it says is restaurants are back. Uh, food delivery, obviously, way up. Now, we still don't have things back to where they were. Right. Uh, some companies are doing better than 2019. Uh, what I would tell you, though, is, is that You've got some fourth quarter sales increased 82% versus the period last year. That may be enough. This now is going to be viewed as one of the great reopening plays. So if you think that the vaccination process is picked up and things are better, this might be the this one might be want. a way that people want to at yes. least uh, yes. try and play that. Uh, yes. Try and big been a big holder there for a long yes, time. And, uh, and uh, Mr. Hurricane has been very close to them. Now, uh, they've had a couple of big hits. Wendy's, and I don't know. I don't know if you saw well, Nelson coming off the board of P&G. Not till, not till the annual meeting. So no, quite a few months from now. Right. But yes, and that was just a terrific. You know, he'd been that very was announced last that. week from the, from the board of P&G. It's had a very good, good performance. Uh, since very good. Took, yeah. Very good. Versus the versus the, its peer group that's outperformed P&G. Yeah. Now, I've worked with um, Cisco for my restaurant yeah. with you. They know what they're doing. There you can see, of course, the uh, CBC real-time stands back at our headquarters here at the big board. Women's water polo goalkeeper Ashley Johnson celebrating hers and the team's Olympic gold medal. Well done. At the NASDAQ, Alpha Partners Technology Merger Corp celebrating its recent IPO. We're going to have some Olympians showing up here, which is very exciting. Always. David, I, I think one of the things that I want to go right into your wheelhouse, okay? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Robinhood buys a company today that actually uh, saved technology. Right. Right. Yes. And what happened in the stock's down for now. The stock will be up. I'm predicting the stock will be up three, four bucks by the time this day's over. Why? Okay. Because of what we talked about with Adam Aaron. There, it is enthusiastic. Not since I've seen since the mid-90s. Enthusiastic embrace of stocks, get this, David, without any care of what they're worth. Mm-hmm. And Jim Chanos coined an interesting term. He calls them mulist investors. Now, mulist means they really believe in nothing. In this case, they believe in nothing involving the valuation. Right, and the underlying fundamentals of the business that they're buying. Well, that's usually something that you've cared a lot about. Well, it's typically how our capital markets have worked, more or less. Well, we definitely kind of sway outside right. of those bounds often, but, but then we was, kind of come back. But there was a question that Adam Aaron, he selected this question, or his team did, about whether Sele- they I'm would, sorry, selected what question? On the conference call. I see. Whether he would adopt a, an ape, a gorilla mascot yes. for AMC because of the ape contingent. And I found myself thinking, I can't recall when a group of investors other than on a proxy fight, have identified themselves, you know, so together as apes. It is odd. I gave to he their did, charity. He, said, he did sort of defer on that. He's like, we've never he had did. a mascot, not sure we're going to want one. We obviously talked to Adam about a lot of different things. What was your takeaway from what, uh, what you heard? My takeaway was that this man has used the capital markets in a way that maybe they're supposed to, which is that he did raise $5 billion. They do have $2 billion. That's the most, I think he emphasized the 
most in 100 years. I don't know if you caught that. Yes, I did. Mentioned I mentioned years. it a lot of times. Um, look, I've known Adam for many, many years. And some, look, Adam, like I mentioned Norwegian Cruise, because obviously he ran Norwegian Cruise and Frank Del Rio's doing something. I mean, there's a lot of irony. There's a lot mm-hmm. of excitement. Mm-hmm. But in the end, Adam Aaron has embraced even things that are that some would regard as fanciful. Like you saying, you know what? Maybe they ought to do something with GameStop. Right, that and was they, a joke I made no, but a few months the, ago in the call, to you when we were the, sitting right, here. Right, but in the call, he talked about the many ways that they could do things together. I know. Involve, you know epi- although epi- although epi- they haven't actually had any conversations. That was a letdown. Right. They had, because, it was suggested. I, you know, he said, we will take it under suggestion because his, he said he works for his shareholders. His shareholders right. are no longer um, Silver Lake. They're no longer Wanda. They are his people. And we try to get out, you know, you mentioned the liquefaction. He talked about 67 and being diversified. I accept that. But he did not call Ryan Cohen, which shocks me after how much the shareholders want him to do that. He did say that he preferred to sell stock, but he's deferring to the shareholders. And he talked about uh, how often he's followed on Twitter. He, David, in the end, is the great CEO showman of our era. Wow, that's saying a lot. Well, it said, New York Times said it. His friend Jeffrey Seinfeld said it. They do things together. Mm-hmm. Um, the ga- the um, Galpinga, he went to Abington High. I know, all, the, your Philly, all your Philly buddies. He's powerhouses. Powerhouses. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm yeah. including Harry Roseman, who's the general manager of the Eagles. Um, all right. Although he's from Miami. I'm going to, uh, I think it's time to talk about the rails, because that was an, it's an important story. It's you didn't think, covered. what, you went at, think Adam, Aaron went off the rails? No, I didn't. I didn't say oh, he I went off he the rails at all. Rails. Okay. No, I, I, I think we'll do a. I think we'll do a favor report on the rails. Sure. Do we have I, some I, graphics? I, and I, now, well, I'm hoping we here have. Here is Thank the you. host of the favor report, David Faber. <laughs> You're never getting that. No. no. Johnny Gilbert introduces the favor no, report. That's fantastic. Uh, well, I'll have that forever. I, well, we need Matt on the show. He was the winner all last week and won again last night. Matt Amodio, Matt Amodio of course, now moving up, years, the, by up the, way, the winning ranks of did. Jeopardy! champions. But I want him here so that we can help him portfolio I think when, management. If and when his run ends, I think, uh, Matt, I haven't asked him, but I think he would be happy to be a guest with us. Yes. Uh, and um, some, explain some of his strategy in betting there on final Jeopardy! All right. But let's talk about the rails, uh, Jim, because you mentioned it earlier. Of course, uh, this morning we did get a new bid from Canadian Pacific. Uh, 300 bucks, uh, largely uh, stock, uh, 2.884 uh, shares and 90 bucks in cash. Um, they're going to fund that, by the way, through $9.5 billion in new debt. Now, here's the important part. They've already received the approval, remember, for these voting trusts that the STB has to rule on and has said, yeah, you guys can do it. Essentially, it says, you can take the money in, and then you take on all the risk as to whether you're going to actually get the antitrust um, and the regulatory approvals that you need to close the deal. But shareholders can sell into you. So that's where we are right now. They come back. Remember, they had been beaten by Canadian National. They decided not to compete on price, only to come back now and compete again. Although on the conference call, to confuse things even more a bit, their CEO said, we're actually not going to get into a bidding war even though it does appear that they are kind of in something of a bidding war. But, yes. by the way, their bid is still below that of Canadian National. That deal was worth about 322 bucks or so yesterday. It is largely cash with some stock worth that. There has been a significant spread. The question, of course, continues to be will and when will we hear from the STB in terms of whether it will give approval to 
a voting trust for Canadian National. Again, a key here. Now, we may hear any day, uh, there is a belief perhaps that we will hear prior to at least the scheduled vote right now for Kansas City Southern shareholders. That shareholder vote is scheduled for the 19th of August. It is possible that we will hear, we will hear from the uh, Service Transportation Board prior to that. And by the way, you might not get a simple yes or no. It might be, well, you're not quite there. Here's what you need to do to, for us to approve a voting trust. But we'll have to wait and see. Now, it is also possible we won't hear anything in the intervening nine days or so. And then, Jim, uh, Kansas City Southern is going to have a decision to make. And this is where, uh, obviously, that $300 bid becomes somewhat important in that do they put off the vote? Do they say we're going to adjourn because we're not going to be able to get the shareholder vote that, uh, approval that we need, in part because shareholders now know that there's another bid out there at 300 By the way, they had been at 275 but they are now at 300 That is Canadian uh, Pacific with their bid. There's also a question as to whether, whether or not you might want to sh- approve it anyway because fr- uh, this deal gets terminated. The drop-dead date is February of next year. So you could still imagine a scenario under which Kansas City Southern shareholders approve the Canadian national deal, even without knowing what the STB is going to rule on the voting trust, because they're willing to say, you know what, we'll wait till February, knowing that if this deal dies, they can get out of it by then. Creel's going to be there at CP. They're obviously going to be there. They just came back after four months of not being there. And so it'll be very interesting to see the decision that KSU makes. They haven't made a decision yet. They're still waiting, hoping they get something from the STB in these intervening, let's call it a week or so, before they decide whether they want to put off their vote and before whether they get a very clear idea as to whether they could actually get approval for their current deal, even without a ruling from the STB. Add all that into it. If we don't hear from the STB in a short time amount of time, there's a possibility that the composition of the STB itself could change. It's three Republicans and two Democrats right now. There is a Democrat mm-hmm. nominee, a Democratic nominee in committee that could come out. You know, if this thing were to take more months, conceivably you could see but, a change from three Republicans to three Democrats on this five-member panel. If you look at this from the point of view of economics, yes, what's incredible to me is there are a lot of people, David, who feel next year is going to be not good. Right. I mean, you look at the from steel, a rail perspective, steel, if right. you look at the things that, that are followed by you know, steel, yep. minerals, uh, uh, gasoline, uh, natural gas, uh, parts for autos. And with the, these two companies, which have a great view of 2022, are willing to spend a fortune. That means they think, look out, 2022 is going to be an up year, Wall Street, not a down year. It is, it and is, I think it's very encouraging. Yep, they see it as a very obviously both do as a key strategic asset. It is a great, uh, and it is interesting that, that the CP is back. And again, I think it is kind of funny. They said he said on the conference call, we're not going to get into a bidding war. Meanwhile, they could have stayed at 275 if this deal doesn't get approval right. or or gets doesn't get what they need from the voting trust. I mean, by February they could have been back at 275, which had already been accepted. Remember, they had a yeah. deal to actually acquire this company previously until CN came along. Let me use this quick uh, from, the, uh, from the letter from Canadian Pacific to uh, Kansas City Southern because it does explain their rationale as to why. They say now is the right time for us to re-engage with KCS as the regulatory and certainly the proposed merger has placed KCS stockholders in the unfortunate position of having to vote on the CN merger and as a consequence of approving such proposal, eliminate KCS's ability to consider superior offers, all the while not having any level of certainty with respect to whether the Service Transportation Board will approve the use of the voting trust. I know it's complicated. 
It's an important deal. It's an interesting one. Very important And deal. it's one we'll continue to follow and obviously update people, Jim, as soon as we hear anything. If we do, from the STB, they still think it could be in perhaps any day. Well, it's, it's interesting that the rails themselves have stalled. Uh, not, not the Burlington Northern Quarter reported as a part of Berkshire's quarter looked pretty good, too. But the group's not doing that well. Yeah. And even though they have coal going their way, for the first time in a long time, coal's pretty good. Right. Uh, and I just feel like the whole group is just kind of, I don't know, on hold. CSX being uh, the best one, frankly, because CSX had a pretty good quarter. But I don't, I always look at the rails as the barometer of what this economy is about. And remember, Wall Street is almost uniform that the big cyclical industrials are going to have down year. Interesting. Yeah. Down year 22 over 21. Yes. The same thing with the autos. I know. Look, you have a company like Nucor, David. Yeah. I mean, Nucor's a darn good company. Right. And largest steel company yep. in our country. Yep. Fantastic company. David, it sells at five times earnings. That usually means that people think it's peak. In other words, it looks like a bargain, but it turns out those earnings next year are going to be half, and it's really selling at 20 times. So, well, 10 times. So what I I want to uh, encourage people is to be a little more bullish. Now, some of that is infrastructure. Well, the stock has has had a great year. It should, but I know. But, David, the P.E. has shrunk at every single turn. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of people, by the way, are just desperate to see Boeing. What would you look at, Jim, as a tell to see whether, in fact, that consensus is going to be incorrect, that, that things are not going to slow dramatically? I mean, is it, does it end up being COVID cases? Does it sort of where do you look to try I to figure that, that out? Or is it simply too early? No, but I think you could actually look at, at major technology companies. I mean, look, Apple, you want to know what the biggest uh, gift is going to be this year? How well the consumer is going to be. It's going to be Apple and its derivatives, all right? So if Apple stock keeps moving, that's good. If it doesn't, I take a pause. In other words, I, I could look at FedEx, I could look at UPS, but they have their own set of problems. But believe it or not, those ones that we have up now, Amazon, they Those they are all trillion or $2 trillion dollar companies. They're commerce. And they're big cap stocks. You need to see them keep going Big higher. doesn't even, I mean, they're the mega, mega, mega. They're well, I mean, so like, big. I'm supposed to look at Southwest and United Airlines and American and Delta. We do need, David, cross-border. Yeah. See, we have to open. The economies have to open, or else what we can do is fall back on domestic. But let's take a look at a stock like Nike. Look at that. Once they cleared the China ravine, stock well, John Donahoe stock. came on last week and spoke. Spoke to Sarah Eisen. It's great interview. Talked about it was a great interview, yep. but I see a lot of uh, yesterday Victoria's Secret off of Matthew Boss's comments goes up almost oh, it goes up 25 percent. Right. We have stocks, David, in retail for le- now Walmart reports next week. Suddenly everyone's excited about Walmart. It was at 137. You couldn't give it away. So right now it's defaulting to the consumer because like what Adam Aaron said from AMC, the consumer's going out and the consumer seems to be concerned about two things. Either they want to be vaccinated or they want to have the freedom the freedom to be unvaccinated. And Speaking of that, let me end on this name. Freedom. Uh, or this symbol. What? MRNA. Moderna uh, is up slightly. This and morning. Pfizer. People you didn't. know what? It is creeping very close to a $200 billion market value. Let me just put that is in it, perspective. It, 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 That's roughly yeah, twice yeah, yeah. the size of Glaxo. Uh, it is larger than Bristol-Myers. And it's creeping up on, actually, it's above Merck. Moderna has a bigger market cap than Merck. People, remember, this is all part of the excitement of individual investors. Institutional investors are not paying up here. But in September, 
if the FDA approves these drugs. Official approval, you yeah. mean, complete approval. Everybody who has Moderna is going to go get a booster because it runs out. And so you mean we got to go get boosters? Absolutely. Both Moderna, aren't we both Moderna? Dr. Topol on, yeah. on, uh, on Twitter, who's, I think, unbelievably good, like Dr. Gottlieb, says, listen, you have to get a booster. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I'm happy to get a booster. I want a boost. Bo- booster really Boost's does solidify things. Yeah. Or you have these people like the governor of, of, uh, of Florida, who is really making a stand. Making a stand. Yes. Saying that the, that the people who are unvaccinated, that they deserve the protection of the United States. And the, justice, the judge said it is not a protected class. Not. And with that, let's get over to uh, Bob Bassani uh, this morning. Get more on the markets. Bob. Uh, I got the Moderna shot. I'll get the booster, too. I'm with you, David. Uh, look, uh, we're just grinding higher. This is a very, very tough market to short. We've got a lot of concerns about the extent the coronavirus variant might slow down the economic recovery, but it's not hurting the stock market that much. Just take a look at the sectors right now. Uh, banks have been great ever since the jobs report, uh, down a little bit today. Industrials have been sideways. Tech hit a new high yesterday. Energy's been a disappointment, of course, uh, with oil down, but uh, bouncing a little bit today. So if you look at what's moving the markets right now, the key stories right now, we're grinding higher is simply the way to do it and describe the Delta variant slowing but not derailing the economy. That has been the primary narrative we've been working under for the last couple of weeks. Now, the Fed traders are basically looking for the tapering to begin in early 2022, 15 billion dollars a month. If that changed, if somebody suddenly said, oh, we're going to do 30 billion uh, in November, that's a different narrative and that would affect things. But that's not what anybody believes right now. I know everybody's excited about finally getting to the end of this first phase of the infrastructure bill, but it's all priced into the market has been for a while now. I'll show you that in a minute. But look at the, the key story, the growth stocks continuing to hold up. They've had a great quarter. Uh, not new highs today, but Alphabet, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook. Look at this. This is just for the quarter, still grinding higher, essentially. Uh, if you want to see what the market really does on a daily basis, the Momentum ETF, MTUM, hit a historic high yesterday. That's a sign that traders who are in the market, and yes, Momentum, very important part of this whole market, still have a lot of confidence in here. Volume has been very strong recently. This is not just tech. It's a little bit of Tesla, a little bit of PayPal. A lot of banks are in this Momentum sector, like Bank of America uh, and JP Morgan. Walt Disney is a top five holding in the Momentum. So don't think Momentum as tech anymore. This follows what's been hot recently, and it's not just that. So that's a good sign for the overall market that you have MTUM hitting historic highs. As for the infrastructure bill, uh, the first phase is just priced in. Folks, it was priced in all the way back in May. You can see the big names here, U.S. Concrete and Cleveland Cliffs, U.S. Steel Terex. They make all the cranes. Eagle makes all the concrete around the United States. Uh, These guys ramped up January, February, March, April and May and essentially topped out then. They're holding up very well. They're not falling apart. They're doing great. They're just not advancing. They're not hitting new highs because everyone had this play as part of the first quarter playbook. You want to look at the PAVE ETF. There is an ETF for that, of course. P-A-V-E. They hold most of the stocks that are in the infrastructure space. They moved up uh, in the early part of the year, 25 percent. They're up so far this year. Uh, And even up 25 percent. Look at the assets under management, four point one billion dollars versus seven hundred and seventy seven million in the part, first part of the year. So they're up 25 percent, but more than four hundred percent in the assets under management. In other words, people poured money into the infrastructure space in January, February and March of this year. And essentially, the play has already been set. So good news. We'll pay attention to that. 11 a.m. this morning. See if there's some progress uh, on that. But the market 
already has this story a long, long time ago. David, back to you. Bob, thank you. Bob Asani. Still to come right here, the CEO of Viking River Cruises will discuss how his company is handling the pandemic in the wake, of course, of the Delta variant spread. But first, let's give you a quick bond report, and we'll take a look now at how treasuries are faring this morning. Yeah, yields. How are they? A little bit higher. You can see that right there. We are above the 1.3 level, 1.32, straight up. And that 30-year bond's still below 2%. We'll be right back. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. I think all of us have been watching the financial markets for a very long time. Uh, and we can't always explain uh, how the financial markets act. Uh, a market is a market. There are willing buyers. There are willing sellers. We made a very clear disclosure uh, a few months ago that our stock was trading away from historic fundamentals. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and we, we, we made no bones about that. That was AMC chairman and CEO Adam Aaron earlier when he joined Jim and myself for an interview. It was nice to have him. By the way, the market yes. right now deciding AMC is worth about $18.5 billion. That doesn't include what's still well, about $5 billion in debt, I think. You know, my mother always said comparisons are odious, but there people are going to say, well, how about Cinemark? How about IMAX? And what he would say is, look, we raised all this money. We have a ladder, and people are not familiar with that term, but they don't have any you know, short-term debt. Now, they do owe, there's rental payments to REITs. Yes. And uh, on the conference call, he makes clear that, you know, they, they want to pay those. They do have some, they paid a lot of them. But what I thought was so exciting in the conference call was that he has a stock, David, he can use that stock can, to go yeah, on no, the infi- listen, offense. Can, if IMAX got anywhere near the multiple, which is an infinite, basically, that AMC's getting, Rich Gelfond would never stop laughing. Rich Gelfond. He would, he would do skipping. He in the morning, besides going on TV all the time, and saying, I cannot believe that Adam Aaron is yes. the luckiest man in the face Yes, he here. does. And, and he by the way, says, he why did... wasn't it me? Why wasn't it me? Well, the reason is not because Adam Aaron has worked. Look what Aaron Aaron's Why couldn't it have been me? Nobody That's all. He That's ran the Sixers, Norwegian Cruise, oh, is that why Starwood. What? So he finally uh, the, found the, something, what? Vale. Resorts. I mean. All right. He ran a lot of stuff. Adam Aaron's run a lot of things. Yes. And he's 67. He's able to diversify. We'll be right back. No, he's a lovable guy. Think about, think about stop trading. Think about it. Figure it out. We got that coming up next. All right. Well, you didn't have to think about stop trading because we have no time for it. So tell me, what's on the I got big show tonight? I've got Eastman Chemical. And, Dave, i got Pioneer, which is my favorite oil company. Okay, Scott Sheffield is a genius and also a fantastic guy. Okay. All right. Yeah. we got two guys here for the revolver. You have a great rest of the day, my friend. Okay. You know that, did you know that... Um, AMC has the most cash it's had in 100 years. Yes, I heard that somewhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. 
Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.